Did you ever notice that people tend to only want to hear or see uh, or learn what they already think is true? Anyway, hey, it's Dashiell Miller, and we're here with our uh, weekly Kudan podcast. And um, I know my background is different, right? My wife and I just got back from a cruise. It's pretty good. Uh, and um, so I didn't want to skip uh, anything. So here we are. Um, the acoustics are not going to be great. And I was testing out the Internet in the hotel here, and uh, it dropped me a couple of times. So hopefully we stay on and everything will be fine. If not, if things go a little wonky, just hang for a minute or two or a couple of seconds or whatever it's going to take uh, like, so I can get things back on. I've got a backup, right? I'll use a, use a hotspot kind of here, but the uh, signal on that's a little bit mm, not as good as this one. But anyway, we'll just keep on going. So anyway, welcome again to uh, this week's Kudan uh, podcast, episode 127. And so uh, what I'm going to do is revisit something we talked about a while back, right? Uh, the three aspects of a ninja. Uh, and again, this comes from uh, Hatsumi Sensei's first book in English, Nijitsu History and Tradition, right? Um, a lot of folks, again, there's that cognitive bias thing, uh, but they, you know, they hear things that I or other uh, students who have been around since the very, very early 80s, if not, like I started in 1980. So um, but because they didn't hear it, they didn't see it, it's not where they're looking, right, then, you know, we're full of it or whatever. But uh, in this episode, I'm going to definitely point to this book, right? So History and Tradition, uh, near the back, right? Uh, I think, maybe is it near the back? I don't know. Maybe it's near the front. Anyway, so there's this whole section on uh, these three aspects, right, of a ninja. And we're going to look at those from two different perspectives uh, during this episode. We're going to look at them from the omote, right, the obvious frontal kind of thing, which is how it's described in the book, right? Um, but there's this backside, like with everything, right? So front side, frontal, omote, right? Ura, right, the hidden side, right, that we need uh, intuition and a whole bunch of other things, experience and and, and whatnot to be able to process and and pull it out, right? Uh, so anyway, um, these three, right? Uh, the Miwo Shinobu, the Kokoro Shinobu, and the Shikuo Shinobu, right? The Miwo Shinobu, the kanji for me is the same as it is for the Tai in Taijutsu, right? So it's body, right? Whole body, right? Not just, uh, not just, it's not like dole, right? Dole can be roughly translated as body, but it's your torso, right? So in this case, Thai or me, right? Uh, ukemi, right? Receiving body, that kind of thing, right? So uh, miwo shinobu. Wo is just a connecting word kind of thing, right? Uh, shinobu is that nin kind of thing. So it's the Japanese way of pronouncing. Uh, but we've got nin, the Japanese pronunciation of the Chinese, and then we have this shinobu, which is another thing that's applied to uh, the thing. But I'm going by the obvious things that are in the book, right? So miwo shinobu, right? The body capable of enduring, right? The, the body capable of whatever challenge, whatever's going on, right? And then we have the kokoro shinobu, right? The mind or spirit, there's a little bit more behind that. But the mind uh, capable of enduring, right? And then the shiku shinobu, right, is kind of a perspective kind of thing, right? Um, it can really relate to, I'll talk about this in a minute, right? But it'll, it, it can really relate to 
uh, your ability to reconcile the difference or the differences between things like the microcosm and the macrocosm, right? And, and things that can seem to be amiss. In the beginning, what we do is we take a look at, you know, this, this universal concept that we have of living naturally, right? Living in accordance with nature, universal justice, that kind of thing, right? Um, but how in tune with that are we? Not just talking about it, not just thinking about it, that kind of thing, but, um, are we, are we walking the talk? Are we living it? Right. So it's a way to kind of self check back and forth. Right. Later on, uh, it can actually help you reconcile apparent contradictions. Right. Because contradictions to us, right, are based on our experience and, and what we, uh, you know, how we think things operate and all that. Right. So, uh, what can happen is we can see, we can look at one thing and look at another thing and think there's a huge contradiction, um, or that they're not anything alike. Like in, uh, in our Mikyo, right? We have this idea of, uh, the, uh, soul theory and the no soul theory that you'll find in different religions or spiritual, spiritual traditions or whatever, right? But with enough work and enough insight, right? You'll find that where they start, what looks like completely opposite of each other, right? At the very top, right? At the, from, a, from a much, much higher perspective, you can see that they're exactly the same thing. What caused the contradiction was misunderstanding or not having enough information, right? That kind of thing, right? Uh, same thing with uh, the, the style-based uh, mentality, right? When people were talking about different martial arts, right? This art over that art or how that art's nothing like what we're doing or whatever, right? But from a very, very different higher perspective what we can see is that they're all doing the same thing they're just coming at it from a different way right they're just it's just different right um some are more or less inclusive than others but it's it's all a way to handle uh conflict right that kind of thing so anyway so again uh we've covered this in the past uh in in this case right the, the obvious, right? So you, you can go to Need to Sue History and Tradition. If you don't have a copy, I highly recommend it, right? Um, it's, it's a good basic, basic primer, right? It was the first thing that has me to say introduced into the Western world, right? So, uh, again, Miwo Shinobu, right? So from the, from the, from the, uh, obvious kind of side of things, right? What we're looking at is this whole idea of perseverance, right? It all points back to the Nin symbol. Right. Which in the book precedes this whole description of these three aspects. Right. And this, again, goes to how many times have we discussed this stuff. Right. The three and one, one and three principle from the Gyoko school, whatever. Right. Uh, breaking three lines of balance at the same time. Uh, that's in the Tagagi Ocean and several other schools and, and all that kind of stuff. Right. So this idea of being able to take anything and break it into at least three different aspects, taking taijutsu and breaking it into dakan taijutsu, jutaijutsu, and kaienjutsu, right? So you kind of, you break it to get a better perspective of the whole thing. You're not taking anything out, right? You're just kind of separating it or uh, like if you have a, a gem or like if I take my watch, right? And I hold it from this angle, right? And I look at it from this direction, I can see certain things that I can't see from here. Right. But if I look straight down on it, then, I, you know, I get a different view. But there's other things I can see. So 
by by moving around, moving the perceptions around and the and the the line of sight, so to speak, right? We can see more, right? And then what ends up happening is the intuitive sense, right? This this third eye sometimes people talk about, right? Makes it all sound like all woo woo and, and all that, right? Is it's not it's not a literal eye, right? It's insight, right? In in Mikyo it's called in Sanskrit it's called prajna, right? In Japanese hanya, right? Insight necessary for enlightenment or wisdom or understanding to take place, right? So anyway, uh, I did need to mention that uh, I I will try to hop around and take a look at the chat and talk to folks and all, all that. Um, I, I didn't want to skip a week, and I wasn't sure if I was going to be able to be on this or not because of our vacation. Uh, so James is not able to be on tonight running things in the background. So this is like our earlier episodes where I'm trying to do everything at once. So we'll try to figure it out. I don't want to I don't want to turn the chat on and leave it on because we had those problems in the past where people would hijack things and, and whatnot. So um, I don't want to take that chance because anything that I put up will end up uh, on recordings later. And all that. So we're just going to leave that alone. Okay. Anyway. All right. So again, I'll go through them one more time and we'll take a look at them from the obvious perspective. Right. Because um, again, we look at this nin symbol, right? The, the way we tend to take a look at it from the omulte side, remember two sides of training, omulte, the frontal, the obvious, Hatsumi Sensei talked about, this is your first phase of training. It's your first 20 years of training. Right. And then you have the Uda side of training. So, Omote is the light, positive, you know, power development, all that kind of stuff, right? The next 20 years then is the Uda side of training, right? The dark, the, the backside, right? Taking a look at all the things that human beings can do or the things that you might have to do uh, to win, right? To, to make sure that what needs to happen happens, right? Um, now, before, you know, we'll take a little divergence here on this thing because a lot of people get all freaked out. I know I did when I first experienced this. I'm like, 20 at 20, holy crap, I'm going to be like, because I got involved in this art when I was 20, 21, something like that, right? So I'm thinking, oh, my God, right? And ironically, I'm pushing 60. I'll be 60 in January. So anyway, but. You know, the longer I spent with him and the, and the more time I spent around him and the more lessons I learned, it was able to kind of put these diff, different jigsaw puzzle pieces together. He went into it much more deeply. He's like, no, 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 you don't have to train in the art because you're training. When, once you start training, especially if you're doing more than just uh, taijutsu, as long as you, you know, if you're doing more than just the physical moves, right? If you're doing the art proper, right? Not properly, the art proper, the, the whole thing, right? then what's going to happen is you're, you're going to start, learn certain lessons and then you're going to be able to use reflection, right? There's this uh, certain type of uh, meditation that's in uh, Mikyo also called Vipassana, right? It's insight-based meditation. And a lot of the things that help drive you forward is, is, are things that you go back and look at things in your past or from your past, right? And extrapolate the things, the lessons that you learned. Right. So you look at great experiences and then, OK, great. Right. Learned a lot from that. It was awesome. Fantastic. Right. And then you run it through a different filter. Right. What negative did that produce? 
Right? And often people don't have that kind of attachment, right? They want to believe that, that was the best thing. But best things can often set us up for failure later because we made certain assumptions or value judgments or whatever. And then we're in a different situation. And right, like, you know, being raised and nurtured in a in a very loving family and coming to believe that um, there's always going to be somebody that's going to rush in and do all the hard work. And then you get to do adulting. Right. And you realize that that's not always the case. Right. And by running through that that type of education and uh, coming to rely on somebody else whenever things get rocky, what ended up happening, the negative, right, that could have happened, this is it for everybody, but the negative that could have happened was skill sets that were needed to navigate and be successful later on were never developed, right? Some people, the exact opposite, right, um, type of upbringing or whatever, so they might not have learned basic etiquette, right, basic manners, right? You know what? I'm not going to show anybody respect unless they show me respect. Well, that's interesting, right? So, um, but then when you look at those folks, they tend to not show respect whether they're getting it or not, okay? Basic etiquette, please and thank you, and those kind of things, right? So now they're lacking the tools by choice or not, right? That will open certain doors for them. That will move them in certain directions because, right, they've got this certain thing going on. Same thing, I look back in my life and I look at things that up until up until this point, right, uh, I might look at as absolutely negative crap kind of things, and look at look at the anchors it put on me, look at the the you know the chains, the shackles, and 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 you know I'm now not prepared for these things and, and whatever, right? Those people, those situations, whatever. Okay, right. It's not that they didn't do those things, right? But if I run it through a different filter and I ask the question, what positive came out of those negative situations? Right. So the same kind of thing starts to happen. Right. Right. I learn to look at things from a distance before I move in. I learned cautionary observation. I learned whatever. Right. And so once we know that we have things and we're more clear on them, then we can use them as the tools they are, right? So that's kind of a shiki old shinobu kind of thing, right? It's the insight and the perspective and all that that allows us to persevere when things are not ideal, right? So that's later on down the road. Again, the first part is we learn these lessons, we learn these ideals, we learn these philosophies, and then we're always double-checking, right? So here's the ideal, right? It's way up here, right? Again, I apologize for those of you who are listening audio only, like on the podcast, because this stuff goes out after we do it live on video. But anyway, right, so we have this big universal ideology, right? Call it ninpo, call it whatever you want, right? We've got this thing, but without double checking to make sure that we're actually living to the ideal, right, or to the standards, without, you know, justifying whenever right? Which is a typical human thing, right? We've got the ideology or we follow the rules or whatever it is, right? As long as it serves us, right? When it doesn't and we do the opposite, then, you know, we always have a, we always have, we always have a reason, right? But anyway, so uh, you, this is where we start. We start by reconciling, right? Are we practicing 
the practice with practicing to live to the ideology, right? Or is that just something that gets lip service, right? Because all we're doing is come by punching, kicking and throwing and all that kind of stuff, right? Um, you know, the other stuff is just, it's just stuff, right? It, it makes it sound good, right? Anyway, so I didn't mean to start with the last part, but that's just how it kind of happened, right? So, but the whole idea here is that the Shinobu, right? It's pointing to the Nin character, right? And the, the way we tend to lead with this Nin idea, right? Or in Chinese, Ning, right? This idea um, is perseverance, endurance, the ability to, to overcome challenges, to win, to, you know, that kind of thing, right? To win against odds. So um, that's, that's how Hatsumisate has it written in this book, right? It's from this perspective. So the Kokoro Shinobu, right? Uh, it's, it's the mind capable of enduring, right? So, uh, you know, we, we learn as much as we can possibly learn, right? Now, I, I need to back up a little bit because this idea of Shin or Kokoro in, in the Eastern way of thinking, right? Like in the, in the West here, we say mind, body, spirit. But in the East, it often gets translated that way, right? But it's mind, body, right? Mind, body, insight, maybe, right? So kokoro, right? Um, or this idea of shin, right? This is kanji, right? Uh, it's the bottom part of the, the nin symbol, right? So you have the blade over the heart, okay? Um, but that's a collective, right? It's mind, uh, spirit, those kind of things, right? It, intention even, right? Um, so it's all a collective, right? To the Eastern mind that they can't be separated, right? It's the, it's the sheen. It's the, it's the yeah, sheen, like in the Hanya Shinkyo, right? Um, Hanya, right? Prajna, right? Insight. But the sheen, kyo is, is lesson. It's, it's uh, teaching, right? It's like uh, sutra. But sheen here is heart, right? What, what's being pointed to is the core or the essential nature. And that could be of a person. It could be of a tree. It could be of a truth, whatever, right? So, but what's, what, what's really being pointed here, uh, pointed to here and the basic, again, beginning, right? Is, uh, I point to this when we, when we're, uh, doing classes on the Ninja no Hachimon, like we're going to be doing uh, next weekend, as a matter of fact, or this coming weekend uh, at our fall camp. We're going to be taking a look at the essential nature of the Ninja no Hachimon, right? Those eight critical areas of training that a school had to be teaching to say that they were teaching Nitsu in old Japan, right? So we're going to be updating those based on essential nature, not based on me just throwing a bunch of stuff together and going, well, in today's world, we would just do it like this, right? Excuse me. So uh, I'm going to keep an eye on my internet here to make sure I don't get dropped and I'm just talking to myself. Anyway, so um, uh, in the beginning, right, it, it, this is all points to, um, it can point to the whole Ninja Hachimon, but gate eight, the eighth gate, right? Hachimon means eight gates, right? So uh, the eighth gate is the Ninjino Kyomon, right? Ninjino Kyomon, so ninja knowledge, right? But it's not really, remember, ninja is a, the, the, again, we're back to that kanji, right? Ja is person, right? So nin, persevering, right? Or perseverance, right? Endurance, right? 
a ninja is a person who can endure, a person who can persevere regardless of the hardships. Right. So uh, what we're looking at here is all kinds of knowledge, right? Science and math and, and politics and, and name it, right? Anything that can help me succeed and anything that can actually counter one of the other gates in the ninja Hatsumon, which is the ninja uge, right? Which is deception and manipulation. Yes, that's part of our training. You can't get around it, right? Um, the, the question is, what's your intention when you use it, right? Call it influence, call it whatever you want, right? But to keep from having other people use that against you, you have to know a lot, right? You have to know about everything from body language and, and uh, facial microexpressions and tonality and and what's really going on in the world and be able to see those things. So when somebody comes at you with an, let's call it an alternate definition for things, right? Um, you can see beyond that, right? You're not easily swayed, right? Those kind of things. So <clears throat> anyway, so uh, let's just get back to this thing, right? So Ninja no Kokoro, it begins with knowledge, right? The mind that can endure, right, is both knowledgeable, right, as a lot of uh academic and, and worldly knowledge and all that on the Taizukai mandala, right? Both sides, book knowledge, right? Academic knowledge and street knowledge, right? Ac experience. I, I don't mean like hanging out in the hood kind of street knowledge. Although that was a big part of my very, very early uh, life because the place where my ha parents uh, had me living turned into that really, really quickly. So, but anyway, um, both sides, right? You need that to produce enlightenment. But we're also looking at developing the mind so that it's flexible, it's adaptive, right? It's not, it's not stuck on a given thing, whether that's who I am as an individual, how the world works, how other people work, the relationship or connection between the two, you know, right ways, wrong ways or whatever, right? You need that so that you can determine what your way will be. But at the same time, recognizing that if somebody else is doing something in a completely different way, but producing the same results and they're not damaging other people in the process. Right. They're maintaining compassion and a moral and ethical code. Then what's the problem? Right. But either way. Right. So we need we need knowledge for guidance and to be able to you know handle things. But we also need flexibility. Right. So what, what and again, in the beginning, uh we don't want to um, we don't want to just be we want to go with this. We don't want to have like our plan. Right. You know, that that uh, Mike Tyson uh, comment. Right. Everybody has a plan until they get punched in the mouth. Right. Um, you have your plan. Right. But you also have you know plan A. Right. But you also have plan B through Z, but they don't have to be written down, right? Plan B through Z is the ability to navigate things when plan A's not working so well, right? Even if it's just, you know, plan B is to take a step back and watch what's actually happening and figure out how it's happening. So how can I, what do I do next? So I can get back on track with plan A or whatever. Right. Um, and our kata teaches this. Right. Akata teaches this all the time. Right. So while kata looks like it's a very rigid thing, it is 
but as after you learn it, there's a lot more to do with it, right? And Satsuma Sensei has always said, right, a kata isn't, kata is not the point of the training. The kata is not the thing in and of itself, right? It, it's just an indicator about where you need to start, right, so that you can move on. It's the same thing with all, all the stuff that our parents taught us, right? The first 20 years of training, the omulte, right? So the first 20 years, right, you, you learned about, hopefully, right, I, my first 20 wasn't wasn't the way he was describing it right but you learn about etiquette and you learn about all these niceties and you learn about you know the ideal that life should be like right but then you move out into the world right um and your next 20 years you really start to learn about how human beings can be right and you learn about things like deception and manipulation and, and things right so, but anyway, right? So we have this this mind that's able to. The reason that the 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 kyo, right, the nijno kyo mon exists is because um, you know, the the more you know, the harder it is to to pull the wool over your eyes or blow smoke up your butt or whatever euphemism you want to use, right? So it's just you know easier to get things done, right? So and then the miwo shinobu, right? Um, there's also that recognition as you're as you're aging or things are happening, you know, physically to your body, uh, illness, things break and you know, all those kind of things. Right. So but you're trying to develop a body that can do what needs to be done. Right. Um, you know, and you do, your be- do the best you can based on how things work. Right. So anyway, so that's the front. That's the obvious part of things. Right. The almost day of things. Um, let me just see if anything popped up here uh, before I switch over to the Uda side of things. So let's see. Chats will display here. Bum, 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 bum. I don't see any comments. Uh, so I'm just going to keep on going. And again, I apologize for uh, the little, you know, little things that we've got going on here. But um, uh, I don't, again, I don't have James. I didn't want to skip a week. Uh, I know how quickly we can get uh, kind of sidetracked on things. But anyway, all right, so uh, so let's look at the Uda side, right? So, again, we have the Omote, right? Omote means, means frontal. It means obvious. It means uh, it's, it's, it's pointing to, like, the palm of your hand kind of thing, just like the yin-yang, right? Yin-yang, the, the words yin yang or in, Jap- or in Japanese yin and yo right they actually point it's the the, the pointing to two sides of the same mountain right so one side points to the side of the mountain that gets most of the sunlight right so that's more clear and right you can see things and all that kind of stuff right and the other one points to the dark side right or the light side of the moon dark side of the moon whatever right things are not so clear Right. You're going to have to do more. You have to rely on more than just what you see. Right. Without guessing. And that's the important part. Right. The training is about developing the insight so that you know what's going on. Right. Um, you know, if you hold a coin. Right. You got a head side and tail side. Right. I'm looking at the head side. I know that there's a tail side. I just have without a mirror. I can't look at both sides at the same time. Right. There's actually three sides. But anyway, um, you, you can't look at it, everything at the same time. Right. Um, 
So anyway, right. So we're looking at right the omulte, the obvious stuff, right. And then there's this, there's this backside, right. So I'm gonna bring up a couple of notes that I prepared for everybody. So if you see me like looking around like I'm reading something, I am, right. So here's a question to ask, right. So we go through the omulte side of training, right. We develop this perseverance, this endurance, this strength that allows us to to keep going, right? To overcome challenging things and, and whatnot, right? And we develop this level of what I call confidence, power, and control that allows us to get things done, right? That allows us to keep going no matter how rough things get, right? Um, my wife just said something to me earlier today as we were uh, getting off the boat, right? We we're talking about, you know, working and all that kind of stuff. And, and um, we're talking about how much work I do, right? Um, but you know, there's things outside of my my uh, realm, I guess, right? But it still influences everything I do, right? So if the economy is bad, less people are going to enroll at the school, or people may not enroll into programs, or you know, whatever, right? But that doesn't mean that even in the face of these things, right? I don't if I don't if I don't blame them, and I just keep going, right? things, you know, that, that, from my perspective, right, that that'll work out, right? It's that nanakodobi yaoki kind of saying, right? Um, it's the formula for success. Seven times down, eight times up. It's not about seven or eight. It's about getting up one more time than you've been knocked down, right? And some of us, my wife included, just too damn stubborn to get nut, to, to stay down, right? Which is probably why we do so well. Although she knocks me down accidentally a lot. It's usually jewelry snagging on body parts. But anyway, um, so here's a question, right? We've gone through all that stuff and we've developed all this strength, right? What happens once you have the power you're seeking? What happens? Right? You're studying and you're starting to study the dark side of things. Here's a, here's a preemptive question, right? That bridges the omulte and the uda. Remember the first 20 years, right? Here's all the light and life and happiness and Santa Claus and Easter Bunny and all, whatever you have going on in your country, right? Um, that's the ideal for human beings living a positive life, right? Be kind and everything will be okay, right? Uh, love conquers all. Then you start realizing that it doesn't, right? The good guy doesn't always win, right? All those things, right? This is what starts to happen. Right. You have this. You have the insight. You have the skills. You have all that stuff. Right. Um, what what can happen? Right? Resentment from other people who want it or resent the fact that you have attained to a level or you've got things or whatever. They, they don't see all the hard work and they don't even want to know about the hard work and the, and the perseverance and all that kind of stuff to get there. All they see is that. You're there and you have. And so now you're one of the haves and they're one of the have nots, not just in money and property and all that. Right. In knowledge, ability, whatever. Right. Resentment, hatred, fear, all those kind of things. Right. Um, and that goes for family as well. This is not just from strangers out in the world that want to have what you have. Right. It could also be the, you know, from family members who um, who taught you the lessons that you had to overcome, right? Not that they don't serve you sometimes, 
right? But you had to overcome them, right? So while the omulte side of training is about perseverance, so here's that yin-yang thing that people get, get wrong as well. Because in, in what, preschool, kindergarten, whatever, right? We start to learn about opposites, right? Light, dark, cold, hot, right? Win, lose. Really? Okay. Uh, pass, fail, those kind of things, right? So omulte is perseverance. So what's the opposite of perseverance? Okay. To most people, right, from an omulte perspective, they would say quitting. Okay. But in this case, because we're looking at the backside of perseverance, right? Perseverance can be very, very obvious where everybody sees you working hard, you studying, you, you know, whatever you're doing, right? They can see, they can see the endurance. They can see the putting up with. They can, they can see it, right? Okay. But the opposite can't be, uh, it can't be failure or quitting because you can't persevere and quit at the same time, right? Remember, these are opposites of the same thing. Right. They're opposite aspects, but they're in conjunction. Right. So, you know, one opposite of perseverance is patience and waiting. Right. Because sometimes you can't act. Right. Either you don't know what to do or um, there's too much. Right. Opposing pressure or whatever. Right. Uh, so sometimes you just need to take a minute. Let that obstacle or whatever pass by. Let that that wave of emotion pass. Let that whatever, right? Just give it some time and then go at it again, right? So that's one aspect, right? But the Uda for this one, because we're talking about this same kanji, right? The nin kanji, right? I'm using my hand a lot. It's going to be backwards for you guys, but you know this thing, right? It's the nin kanji, right? So you got the, the edge of the blade, right? Toll, that's blade, but... The kanji is actually kisaki, right? Um, Toll is missing a stroke, right? That's in this symbol, right? Um, so uh, Toll or kisaki, right, is the edge of a blade. And kokoro, shin, kokoro, the heart, right, um, together, you know, even though the enemy holds his blade at my heart, in my heart, over my heart, even though there's all this stuff going on, right, I will persevere. I will keep going. It's the obvious part, right? But the Japanese word used for this symbol is shinobu. Right? It's there all the time. Atsumi since they described it in the omote light, light and life, yay, right? This is the positive life uh, mastery kind of stuff, right? That that uh, is part and parcel of the training. If we can just get our heads out of our martial asses, <laughs> not just focus on fight skills, right? I'm sure most of you have realized already in your life that um, conflict and, and fighting and struggle and all those kind of things, rarely, right, unless you live someplace where maybe you shouldn't, right, um, it's not knives and guns and fists, right? It's words and political manipulation at work and all kinds of crap going on, right? So... But here, let's get back to this question, right? What happens when you have the power that you're seeking, right? So the Uda answer, right, Shinobu, right? Shinobu points to stealth, 
to steal in, right? To enter unseen, right? To act in a way that nobody can see that what you're doing, right? Because the highest level in Nijutsu is to work your will without action, right? You do what needs to be done and get it done, but nobody knows that you did it, which is why a lot of people in the Bujinkan or in any aspect of what they're calling ninjutsu would not be good ninja because they need accolades. They need to be held in high esteem. They need, they need it. Right. Um, and it just, that's the antithesis of needs. Right. But anyway, the Uda side of this is concealment. Right. So Miwo Shinobu, right. It's not about the body capable of enduring. You already have that. Right. So now what we're doing is we're hiding our body. We're hiding our person. We're hiding our life, right? We're not telling everybody or showing off stuff so that it causes the resentment or the guy that wants to break into your house and steal your stuff or whatever, right? It's a a hugely different thing, right? So body in this case isn't necessarily our physical body. Right. It's more about me as a person or my life and those, uh, you know, that are they're a part of me, but they're not a part of my physical body. Right. My wife, my kids, my family, my friends that are to me closer than many of my family members. Right. Hurt them. You probably hurt me or cause me to take action way faster than if you physically hurt me. Right. Just way different. Right. So uh, this also points to not just not exposing every part of your life, right? Not exposing every part of, you know, your belief systems or whatever, right? Because people will make a value judgment and then begin treating you based on their bias, their cognitive bias, right? Because they believe that people who believe this thing are whatever, right? And then they'll use that to like, dislike, or whatever, This causes a lot of folks these days to be running around trying to be liked by everybody, right? And what they end up doing is in their attempt to stand for everything, they end up standing for nothing, right? So the, the shinobu now is, you know, it's, it's the, the Japanese, the, you know, Japanese pronunciation, right? So now we're on this stealth thing, right? It's not just sneaking into places and trying to sneak out of your house if robbers, you know, break in or those kind of things. It's not not that kind of physical stealth. Right. Right. So we're hiding aspects of myself that nobody gets to see. Right. There's a whole practice for that. Right. But it's the same. It it still points back to perseverance. It still points back to endurance. It still points back to being able to stay the course, right? To survive, to live longer, right? And when you get this part, right? Often people will be surprised, right? I mean, think about Takamatsu-sensei, right? Takamatsu-sensei, Hatsumi-sensei's teacher, right? Nobody knew that he was a ninja, right? This is this, just this guy and his wife that ran a noodle shop and he had this cat. And he used to flirt with women all the time, right? They had no clue that he was a ninja grandmaster until they read his uh, obituary. That is Miwoshinobu, 
hiding the body, hiding the person, hiding the life. He had students, all that kind of stuff. Nobody had any clue, right? If they did see him training, they thought, you know, they were teaching, they were doing karate or aikido or something like that. No idea, right? Okay. So then we have kokoro shinobu, right? On the omote side, right, it's the mind capable of enduring, right? But on the oda side, right, it's hiding your intentions, hiding your heart, hiding your mind, right? Sometimes you feign ignorance, right? Sometimes I did this a lot as a police officer, right? Um, I did it a lot as a parent, right? I'm sure you have as well. I'll ask questions that I already know the answer to just to see what comes back. Uh, in neurolinguistic programming, we have things like uh, uh, locator questions, okay? So I'm not making assumptions, those kind of things, right? So I can uh, get farther, right? I can help somebody get farther, my students get farther and all that, right? But what are my intentions? Where's my heart, my spirit, those kind of things, right? What do I know? What do I not know? Those kind of things, right? Um so the Kokoro Shinobu, it doesn't go from the mind capable of persevering, right? There's a recognition that if people think that you believe certain things or that you know certain things uh, or whatever, right? They want to argue with you, right? Everything, everybody from the Internet trolls to people that are just um, not passive aggressive. What's the word? Um, they're, uh, they have an oppositional uh, personality disorder. Right. Where the first, no matter what you say, right, they're going to take the opposite stance. Okay. Um, the way to handle them is you, you start every, uh, every request or question or thing that you want them to do or whatever, right? Uh, instead of tossing out what you want and then being braced to, to argue your way in or to make your best stance for why they should or shouldn't or whatever, right? Um, if you know that they're this way, I mean, if they're not this way, it may or may not work, probably not, right? But with a true oppositional personality disorder, right, you start every question or approach with, you're probably not going to like this, but, or uh, you're probably not going to agree with me, or you're probably going to think this is stupid. My wife's really good with this one, right? You're probably going to think this is stupid or whatever, right? And then you say the thing, and a true oppositional personality won't be opposed to the thing that you want done, they'll be opposed to the fact that you told them they wouldn't like it or they wouldn't agree. Okay. So it's a pretty cool thing, right? They, they, they will flip that and end up wanting to do the thing that you wanted. Ninja no uge, deception and manipulation, influence, right? But in this case, right, we're hiding our intentions. We're hiding our heart. You don't, you don't just like go stomping around, right? Whatever. Okay. And ultimately, this is all part of your life, right? But it's in the way you handle things, right? Um, uh, in the art of war, right? Um, there's this idea of, uh, you know, psychological warfare, right? Being stealthy, right? the use of spies, all that, right? Um, but it's, it's, you don't, you don't always let things you don't have to go telling everybody everything, right? It's the, it's the person that puts the, the chest out, walks around like they got to be the big guy. They're going to be the person that somebody shoots them across the street. That's the physical side, right? But it's also the person that, well, we're just going to set things up at work so that you 
do the thing that will get me your job because you're going to be on your way out. All those things, right? So we don't, we don't show our cards, that kind of thing, right? Um, you know, how you're feeling, those kind of things, right? We don't wear our emotions on our sleeves. It doesn't make us cold. People often not see uh, an extreme emotional response. So therefore, uh, you must not be happy or you must be uh, whatever, right? But in reality, right, you're, you're fine, but you're just you're not showing it, right? Or in some cases, you show the opposite because they need to see it, right? Showing sympathy, showing whatever, right? Because sometimes you do things because the other person needs it, not because, see, that was basic etiquette stuff, right? But you do it because the other person needs it, right? Not necessarily because you think it's necessary. Lots of things that I don't think are necessary because I can take on heavy burdens, but some of the people in my life, in my life, need, need somebody there for comfort. They need, you know, reassuring words, whatever. Okay. And I don't disbelieve those words. They're true. Right. But, you know, how many different personality types are there? Okay. So in this case, right, hiding, right, hiding your intentions, hiding your heart, hiding your mind, right? I tend to not use a lot of this this negative stuff, the Oda stuff, the concealment stuff um, with people that I really, really love, right? If, if I'm using this stuff um, with them, um, well, I'm not because love is in there, right? Um, I don't use this stuff unless I'm really undermining somebody. So uh, anyway. And then uh, this is going to seem like it's out of place, right? Um, but the Shikibo Shinobu, right? Remember that perspective and all that kind of stuff, right? Um, in this case, you are concealing not just your knowledge, right? But you're, you're, you're concealing your perceptions and your perspective, okay? So I know mind goes with knowledge and all that kind of stuff, right? But we're talking about uh, you know, hiding the fact that you can see certain things, right? Um, so in this case, I'm not necessarily playing dumb or playing ignorant, right? Um, I'm, here's an example. When a student comes to me who, uh, you know, has a bad habit they're trying to break or they haven't come to class for a while and they have reasons, for those of you on the podcast, I'm making air quotes, right? They have, they have reasons, okay? I know they believe that those are valid reasons, right? Um, but I see something completely different going on, okay? But I can't fix it for them, okay? But at the same time, I don't want to drive them away by being very clear about what the answer is. Because some people are not ready for an answer, no matter how true it is. So... What I do is I smile and I nod and I say, I understand. Okay? I do understand. Okay? I understand what's going on, right? But I don't necessarily have to agree with their quote unquote reason, right? So let me get back over here to another screen. Anyway, so uh, again, in the beginning, everything is light and bright and it's all about confidence building, power building, control, 
you know, all that kind of stuff, right? Because we need certain tools to be able to persevere in a very overt way, right? We have to be able to do those things, right? Learning our martial skills, right, um, allows us to persevere, right? As one of my teachers said, you can't do good in the world if you're not in the world, right? So we learn these things and, and learn to be able to do some pretty horrific things um, to a pretty horrific person if we need to, right? But if we stay there, right, that can start to eat us up. It can warp perceptions and things like that, right? Because then we're looking for crap all the time, right? People that are in competitive atmospheres, certain types, not not all, right? But certain types um, can end up like the competition, the bettering everybody else to being the best to whatever, right? Um, you know, can can take over, right? Or the fear of the world seeing you know, what they might believe to be true about themselves, right? The imposter syndrome or whatever, right? Um, what can happen is that starts to warp and take over, right? So everything becomes a contest. Everything becomes a challenge. Every, right? So I have to be careful with this, right? But in the later tra- later parts of our training, that's means since he's talked about this, right? Where you go from overt stuff, right? You're doing very overt, come on. For those of you on audio, I just put my arms in one of these kamai posture stance kind of things, right? So you're doing very overt things, right? The stuff that looks stylized, right? Where people are going to go, well, that's needed to, as opposed to my kung fu training, as opposed to my taekwondo training, as a whatever, right? Um, but we learn when we do, we go through those things, right? So we can learn the principles and concepts that are working. So that we can transcend the models and the forms and all that kind of stuff, right? I don't mean just break them up, right? But to get past it. So um, what we end up doing is getting to a point where we recognize that, right, there's only so many things you can do with a human body and so many things you can do to a human body, right? There's reasons why you would do certain things at certain times because of safety and because of you know, whatever, right? Um, but the thing itself, it's just a thing, right? Onikudaki, Omotegyaku, right? Shikanken, all those kinds, they're just a thing, right? When do you use them? Why do you use them, right? Why you take up a, a particular angle uh, when you're applying one, um, you know, is it because of the angle of the punch? Is it because of the size of his body, height, well, you know, with whatever, right? The ground you're on, the clothing they're wearing, all that kind of stuff, right? You just get past that. But the part that Hatsumi Sensei talks to the advanced students about is concealing your techniques. At a certain point, you have to go to the concealment of, right? So for my people going for fourth degree black belt, they have to be able to do all of their basic techniques, right? Elbow strikes, whatever, right? Um, where it looks like an accident, right? Where they can actually bring in the Henso Jutsu disguise and impersonation and look like a bumbling, stumbling, you know, victim who is just shy of peeing themselves, but they're stumbling around and, you know, things like that that are happening um, because uh, if they're overt about it and they look like they're winning, Oh, 
this guy's allies, good Samaritans, whatever comes out of the that comes out of the the, the uh, you know the dark corners, and will dogpile on the on the good guy, right? So you start to recognize that being the overt hero with the you know superhero costume and all that kind of stuff, right? Um, while there may be a red S in your chest, there's also a bullseye on your back, right? So by hiding it, right? You'll often hear me say, I just, don't listen to me. I'm just the old fat bald guy, right? And while overtly, it is true, right? On the other side, at least people wondering what's going, what's going on on the inside. Or most people just laugh it off anyway, right? But it takes the attention away and leaves people guessing what I know, right? If I walk around flaunting what I know, again, you got people in the front admiring your skills and wanting to do that. Meanwhile, you got other people, other martial artists, people with chip on the shoulder, thugs, whatever. As soon as they find out, again, red S on your chest, bullseye on your back. Okay? So there's a reason that at a certain point you conceal them. From a legal perspective, we want to be able to conceal what we're doing so that you don't go to jail for defending yourself against some thug, but what the video cameras recorded and what everybody heard, all the smack you were talking and all that kind of stuff, right? It may have been justified, but you end up digging a hole for yourself, right? Because all that stuff can be used against you. Never forget that, right? Anything you say can be used against you starts long before the cop reads it off the card, okay? So uh, people like to clam up as soon as they sit down with a cop, except it's too late. They already said everything that they were going to say with their body, their mouth, their body language, their facial expressions and all that. Right. Um, The whole time things were going on. And you know what? Here's that concealing your life. Every day of their lives as well. Right. That's why when some people get in trouble for something, people go, it was going to happen sooner or later. Okay. So we're painting a picture for everybody. Right. And we're getting what we want or not based on all of these things. So it's a lot more to it than just kind of playing around. But at a certain point, again, full circle back to martial arts techniques, at a certain point, legally, you know, um, even I just had a a discussion with some students not too long ago about, um, you, you know, your family and certain family members can really, feel safe, right, and confident because you have these skills. But that can all change once they see the demon come out and they see the amount of violence that you're capable of and what you can do. That can change. It can change in a heartbeat. It can change your entire life. Okay? So there's a reason. There's a reason, almost there's a reason, frankly, to develop the skills, there's also a reason to conceal the skills. Okay, so again, Miwo Shinobu on the Omote side, right, developing a body capable of persevering and enduring hardships, challenge, especially training, right? Training can be more more, more challenging than life can be, and it should be, right? Um, if you're not pushing yourself, most and again, this goes to like physical training and all that. And I've been guilty of this in, in my past and whatnot. You know, physical training, exercise, or whatever. People will train to the minimum requirement for uh, 
uh, you know, working out, muscle building, whatever, right? But then they wonder why um, uh, growth or progress is slow, right? If you always train to the minimum, your body doesn't have a reason to change drastically, right? You, you got to push it as far as you can, right? Um, every time that you're doing it, right? Every workout should be as hard as the first time, whether that was last week, yesterday, five years ago, or whatever, right? There are certain actually there's certain training systems that are out now that, that that's the point, right? You hit it as hard as you can for that 15 seconds, 30 seconds, whatever you're doing, right? Um, so beginners, they might only be able to do eight, 10 reps or something, but somebody else might be at 20, 30, right? Because both people are hitting it as hard as they can for that amount of time. So everybody walks off the exercise floor at the end of everything, just like day one, right? They're exhausted. Their body has a reason to adapt to that level, right? And then you push it harder, right? That's how you find your limitations. But anyway, right? So we developed this stuff, but then that in and of itself, right? You never get anything good without getting the negative that comes along with it, right? Ever, right? You buy a house, you get upkeep and maintenance costs, repair bills, and taxes, right? You, whatever, right? And this is not a pessimistic kind of thing, right? They come hand in hand, right? You start to get money, you buy a new car, whatever, right? Some people are going to appreciate it and pat you on the back, and other people are going to be envious, jealous, they're going to hate you, whatever, right? You know, because they can't, or they didn't, or whatever, you know, flies in the face of things. So, Anyway, um, that's what I have. Uh, I want to leave that out there for everybody because I want to touch on this again. Um, but we want to look at it from this stealth, right? We're all trying to be ninja, right? So how does stealth fit in without throwing movie smoke bombs or uh, putting on a black uh, uh, kabuki theater stage handler's outfit, right, and sneaking around or uh, whatever, right? So how do we really approach uh, this whole idea, uh, whole idea of shinobu, right? Stealth, right? Concealment, those kind of things, right? Um, it's not all physical. I mean, ultimately it reflects physically, but it's not. Uh, it's not what most people think it is, because you can't show this stuff easily uh, in a in a ninja movie. Right? People don't want to see that, right? They want to see this lone guy dressed in a funky outfit, taking on Uzis with sword or throwing stars or whatever. They, eh, they want to see life mastery and, and those kind of things, right? Okay. Um, you know, they don't want to see, and a lot of people, right? There's that pride. A lot of martial artists have, man, ego gargantuan, right? So they're not going to wander around doing, and I apologize to you young bucks, but you can find the episodes on YouTube and uh, maybe even Netflix and places like that, right? But look up some of the old uh, Columbo TV shows, right? Um, he was this detective, right? None of the other detectives looked at him like he knew anything. They always kept the, the bad guys off guard because he just looked inept, and yet he was one of the smartest, smartest guys around, right? So good stuff. 
Anyway, so I see that Jimmy's on. I see that I've seen people come and go as, as things have been going, but um, hi, Jimmy. Uh, let's see. So I don't see anybody else. So I'll, I'll leave it open for another couple of minutes here, see if anybody has any questions or comments about what I covered. Uh, was there an aha moment? Was there uh, anything that stood out? Do you have a question about anything? I do have the chat open at the moment. Uh, I don't know if you can see it on your end, but uh, anyway. So if you have it, that'd be great. Um, I do have to get uh, to bed earlier than way earlier than normal because we have another early flight out in the morning so we can make it that last leg home. So anyway, anything? Yay? Nay? I'm not on all the uh, on all of the platforms. Again, I've, I've got to concentrate on this. So if you're over on uh, YouTube or you are uh, uh, Jimmy's on Facebook and some of you may be over on YouTube or whatever. I'll get caught up over the next uh, day or two. And uh, if you had any questions or whatever, I'll answer those. But if anybody has anything right now that I can uh, answer, that would be you know, more than willing to do that. Let's see. I don't know if this will change anything or not, but let's see. Nope. All right. All right. Going once, going twice. All right, guys, I'm going to go ahead and wrap things up, and I will talk to everybody again next week. Same bat time, same bat channel. Don't forget, this Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern time, we've got our Whiteboard Wednesday. I'm going to be talking about um, maximizing power and bite in our strikes. Right? I'm going to take a look at four areas, four aspects of training that uh, look different, but they're interconnected. They, they serve each other, right? Um, and then that will feed, obviously, the Friday virtual class. We're going to pick one of these fists and uh, look at it uh, and uh, show you how the Tobacco Day School uh, punches with objects on their hand and those kind of things. And I don't mean like Shuko and whatever. I just mean uh, anyway. So and then Friday evening through the weekend, right, we've got our uh, fall ninja camp. And again, the theme is bringing the Ninja no Hachimon into the 21st century. Um, so, and I have, I think I have a breakout session um, with somebody. He, I think he just tried to get back to me. There's been this huge delay uh, that uh, we may be looking at two sides to the jujitsu MMA kind of thing, right? So he's very, very good on the jujitsu side. And so um, if, if it works out the way we originally proposed the session will be uh, about you know him teaching the moves and then uh, me teaching the how we would beat it right so um, anyway uh, and remember right if you can't make it in uh, live for things we've got a virtual option so you can be on you can be you know training at home or whatever um, if you don't want to do that uh, in the emails that should be hitting everybody's email uh, box in the last couple of days, there is a link in there to just get the, the recordings. Uh, if you want to do the live option, you obviously get the recordings for whatever time you put in, but maybe you can't do the whole weekend because of work schedule or whatever, right? You can just do a session, right? Do a single day, pay for a single day and do a session on one day and a session on another day. It doesn't really matter, right? Some knowledge is better than no knowledge at all, right? So anyway, that's what I have. We'll leave it alone. And then the other other program or the we have we have a uh, uh, life mastery uh, 
10-week program that's going to be starting uh, in a couple of weeks. So information will start to be coming out here uh, later this week and next week that people can get signed into it, right, and start to get some some pre-course start lessons, I guess we call them, right, uh, to wind up. It's a 10-week course uh, leading up to uh, – it's, it's covering a lot of the things you need to, to be able to do to be able to approach Miko training, right, um, and that kind of life mastery stuff. And then uh, we've got the holidays and stuff, and I don't want to jump all over those things. Everybody and their brother has been trying to do dichomiosai seminars at the beginning of December, and they've, you know, they're all fighting for the same students. So we do our dichomiosai in January and celebrate Hatsumi Sensei's birthday a little bit late, my birthday, same weekend. So January 6th, 7th, and 8th, January, we're doing our dichomiosai, um, kind of a kickoff, yes, pun intended. Uh, seminar for, to kind of kick off 2023. And since Japan is opening, uh, we're going to be working uh, on a Japan trip. So if you want to jump on that, that'd be awesome because it's not just training, uh, Budo training, right? We go to some historically relevant sites. We do all kinds of things um, to make it a full experience and full learning to cover all three aspects, Niyo Shinobu, Kokoro Shinobu, Shiki Shinobu, right? Um, it just, it, nobody else is doing anything like it. Right. So if you can hop on one of those, that'd be awesome. OK, uh, that's it. I don't see anything else that came in. So I will talk to everybody again next week. Be safe. Train hard. Talk to you soon.